0: And now for our second message, Mr. Barnabas Grayson, with a sermon entitled, A Look Back and a Look Forward. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I was blocking my wife, Carolyn, in. She said, uh, get out of the way, i got to go to the bathroom. I wish he had said that. So I might have a short sermon. <laughs> it's a power of persuasion, or whatever you want to call that. <laughs> you know, when they turn the water off, sometimes it makes you even more thirstier because you know you can't drink water. So if I start to shaking a little bit, you know, maybe my legs a bit, got to go. The Bible name for the Feast of Trumpets is Yom Teruah. It means a day of shouting, a day of loud noise, of raising a noise. It's also known as Rosh Hashanah, meaning the head of the year, the Jewish New Year. To us, it is the Feast of Trumpets. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23, the Lord spoke Unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. So we see three things that are there. So the Sabbath is a rest. It is a ceasing from servile work. It is a memorial, a remembrance of blowing of trumpets. And it is a time for a holy gathering, and while there are good tidings about this day, there are also some sober ones as well. In verse 25, it says, you shall do no servile work therein, and that's uh, regular work uh, in which you know we try to please uh, others, that's what servile means, work that pleases others, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Now, ancient Israel was given instructions uh, of sacrifices. There were five different kinds of offerings or sacrifices that they could make uh, to God. And this was a burnt offering, one made by a fire, and was used as a token of dedication. In fact, we see that the holy days are uh, ha- have associated with it various sacrifices. But we know that Jesus... Fulfill the role as our sacrifice. Still, in a way, there are sacrifices that we make, for for example, in you know, foregoing labor on this day as a token of dedication to the Lord. So here we are on the day of trumpets, a time to look back and a time to look ahead. Now, a trumpet, whether it is blown through... Uh, horn of a, uh, a ram, or a shofar, whether it's blown through a silver metal trumpet, it is one of the loudest sounds that we can hear. It can be heard over a long distance. It pierces the air, it gets our attention, and it means something. When you hear the sound of a train coming, it's a scary sound, but it means something like, you know, let's not be on the tracks when that train comes. just get away from it. Or it might be the horn you might, horns you might hear in traffic when people are honking at you saying, you know, like, get out of the way or, or watch out, among other things. We've been honked at before, I gather. When you hear horns in traffic, that's what it means. And so, horns, you know, have a piercing sound. Uh, I used to hear a sound a long time ago. It was a horn, a car horn. Some of you probably had one of these. It's an auga. A- auga. <laughs> it's kind of scary in a way, but it's not uh, it's as, I guess, as effective, you know, because you, because you want to look around and see what kind of car is making that that sound. But as to what this day means, there are three things that we will look at. One is the calling of the eternal to his people and to a holy congregation, to be a holy people. Second is its warning sound and a call to battle. And third is its signal to a coming day of joyful noise and jubilee. So we know those things. We know that the Feast of Trumpets has a prophetic meaning like all of the Holy Days. And they point to Jesus Christ as Savior and coming King over all the earth. So let's look at first the trumpet call to Israel fresh out of Egypt. So we'll look back to this in Exodus chapter 19 beginning in verse 4. This is where the Lord called unto Moses to tell Jacob's house and the children of Israel... He said to them, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey, if you will obey my voice, indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure to me, above all the people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be Unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. And these are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. And so those words still speak to us today. So Moses came and Moses came and called for the elders of the people. And laid before their faces all these words which the Lord had commanded. So the uh, the elders responded. They said, okay, this, this, this is what we'll do. In light of all the promises that God made, that they would obey uh, God's voice and and keep his covenant. And so Moses reported all of that to God. In verse 10 now, the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and be ready. Some key words there, you know, uh, wash their clothes and be ready Against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of the people, all the people upon Mount Sinai, and you shall set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed yourselves that you go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall surely be put to death. So Moses was told to set a boundary there unto the people, a warning that they were not to climb the mount or to even touch the border of where he set. So it's like, you know, having a signs there says, danger, you know, don't go past this point. So God meant what he said here. Verse 13, there shall not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. So we see this this uh, sounding long of a trumpet that was calling the people to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people be ready against the third day come not at your wives. So the people had three days to get ready and their garments were to be cleaned and washed. In verse 16 And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. So you can imagine waking up to that sound on that morning when you uh, heard this thunder and this lightning and this trembling. And verse 17 and Moses brought forth a people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part that's the lower portion of the mount but Moses went up to speak with God to receive his words and verse 18 and Mount Sinai was altogether in a smoke or on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in a fire the smoke thereof ascended as a smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. So there are some very uh, expressive words that are used to describe the sight and sound and the feeling of that day. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain. Moses went up and the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also, which, came, uh, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, uh, lest the uh, Lord break forth upon them. So Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to the mount, for you charge us, saying, Set bounds about the mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, away get you down and but you shall come up you and Aaron with you but let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord lest he break forth upon them so there was a very uh, particular warnings given to the people that they were to respect the words of God and to be kept at a distance so the trumpet call had the people converge to the mount to meet with the Lord, that, that is, you know, to hear his words in a sanctified, holy gathering. So we ask, well, what did God tell them through Moses? And here was their calling as it is to us today. Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So we know that Egypt was, a, was symbolic of sin. That they were uh, to come out of sin. Out of this uh, bondage. And so we come across these commandments. That we know. You shall have no other gods before me. Verse 4. You shall not make unto you any graven image. Or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. Or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water under the earth. So these are, are the things that they were uh, coming to hear that the uh, word of God wanted to pass to Israel through Moses. You shall not bow yourself down, bow yourself down to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord, your God am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them, of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. You know, when you call yourself a Christian, but you do things that are contrary to being a Christian, you're carrying his name in vain. It's dishonoring his name and his authority and his power in your life verse 8 remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy you know don't forget the Sabbath day don't forget to keep it holy six days shall you labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God in it ye shall not do any work you nor your son nor your daughter your main servant manservant your maid servant nor your cattle, nor your stranger that is within your gates. Because in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the uh, Sabbath day and hallowed it. And then verse 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. Verse 13, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. Your neighbor's wife. His manservant. His maidservant. His ox. His ass. Nor anything that is your neighbor's. Maybe they have a boat or a swimming pool. Or a big car or something. You don't covet those things. And all the people saw the thunderings. And the lightnings. And the noise of the trumpet. And the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they removed, they stood afar they, they stood off. Several years ago, there was a, a, a you know, when they have a, a bonfire, uh, like before a big football game, they have it the night before, and they stack up a bunch of wood, and uh, so the, the crowd stands around it. And so, uh, you know, they poured uh, gasoline on it to ignite it. And uh, they were standing too close. And as soon as the, the light touched the gasoline, the, the, the whole stack of wood just went up in flame. And they removed themselves back pretty quick because of the heat and, and the power of that fire. And so we can only imagine what Israel was seeing on this day when there was this calling of trumpets. And they said unto Moses, Speak ye with us, and we will hear. You speak to us, Moses, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that you sin not. So God spoke with power, and he spoke with lightning and, and thunder to impress upon the people his mighty power. So that they will remember and not forget how great God is. But there were other laws and statutes that God gave to Israel for them to be sanctified by and, and to be obedient to and as a holy nation. So that they could enter into the promised land that was, uh, uh, that was ahead of them. However, we see that many of them, with many of them, God was not pleased. The Apostle Paul in Hebrews chapter 3, he talks about the calling of Israel to God's righteousness and how some of them faltered, which is a lesson to us for not letting our calling slip. He said to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 3, the words of Jesus saying, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Harden not your hearts. You know, over time, people can harden their hearts. They can become so used to what is being said and preached and that they've heard it and seen it and done it before that they just harden their hearts. They become jaded, especially by a society that, that is around them. Verse 9, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts. And they have not known my ways, so I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. So Paul admonishes him, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. It's easy to get tangled up in the waywardness of the world and become, you know, jaded as, as some say. So when you're able to fellowship, when you're able to uh, come into a holy congregation, that, that hardness, if there's any developing, can be softened by the word of God to make you think, to make you change, and do those things that would be pleasing in God's sight. So... It's easy to get tangled up in the waywardness of the world, but not only should we watch our attitudes, but it's an opportunity to you know help others to watch uh, others, and uh, that all of us be careful in not taking on fleshly attitudes of the world. Because in verse fourteen, we're made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence. Steadfast Unto the end While it is said today If you will hear his voice Harden not your hearts As in the provocation So you know even in our prayer We open up with you know Asking that uh, God will uh, Be with us to open our minds To his understanding To seeing his word In the way he wants us to see it For some when they heard Did provoke How be it not all that came out of Egypt by Moses? But with whom was he grieved 40 years? uh, The question. With whom was he grieved for 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned? That had gone against those commandments that was revealed to them at Mount Sinai. Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. You know. It's a word, you know, when <laughs> I've heard it expressed, you know, you might be in somebody's way and they might say, get your carcass out of the way, you know. It's really kind of a, it's like a dead animal. But their carcasses fell in the wilderness. And to whom swear he that he should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So they, were, they sinned and they didn't believe. So we see that they could not enter in the promised land because of unbelief and sin. Just as today, many in the world do not take the commandments of God seriously. They don't believe in them or uh, who wrote them. And so they uh, are led to provoke God to wrath. Jesus said in John 17, 17, that if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Let's go over to 2 Peter, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of of God and of Jesus our Lord. Want grace? Want peace? It can be multiplied through knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us, has called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these might you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust we know have read elsewhere that eye has not seen or ear heard of the things that God has prepared for them that love him Now, what follows in verse 5, we see the spiritual resources that we are to use to make every effort to develop these qualities of God's spirit. Verse 5, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness. You know, having impatience can, uh, can make us lose self-control, especially when we let anxiety or, or panic or, or doubt or other fleshly uh, things overwhelm us. So we have to have patience sometimes, even in trials. Verse 7, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. So love and kindness is the mark of a good person, a person being led by the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 8, to us it says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and can't see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren... Give diligence, once again, give diligence and make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail, it says. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. So that's our calling. That's the trumpeted call to obey, if you will. Now over to Galatians chapter 2. It says in verse 16, "...to let no man therefore judge..." You know, that meaning to try or condemn you, "...in meat or in drink." You know, that is, in eating and drinking. "...or in respect of a holy day or a feast or of the new moon or of the Sabbath day." We know this does not say these things are not necessary that these things are done away and that you don't have to do these things but we observe these things as God instructed but Paul was telling these Colossian saints to not let men's philosophies their ideas to uh, come across toward them as ridicule and denial of, uh, of, of saying that they don't matter verse 17 because these are a shadow a shadow of things to come but the body is of Christ so these things that are observed lead to Christ. They foreshadow him. And so we can see that there is a prophetic meaning in these holy days, as in the Feast of Trumpets. And, you know, that we can see, and we understand that. So there is a prophetic meaning to the Feast of Trumpets. And we can see this in the book of Revelation as the day of the Lord, Revelation chapter 11 trumpets is you know kept the first day of the seventh month and and to come we know is the last seven trumpets that will sound and then Christ will come as king of kings. Revelation 11 verse 14 talking about the second woe. There was a first woe now there's a second woe and that's past and behold the third woe cometh quickly. Verse 15 and the seventh angel sounded And there were great voices exceeding loud voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God saying we give you thanks O Lord God Almighty which are and were and are to come because you have Thou hast taken to you thy great power and have reigned. So they're saying this to Jesus. And the nations were angry and thy wrath is come and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should give reward unto your servants the prophets and to the saints and them that fear your name small and great and should destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and a great hail. Revelation 19. John speaking. And I saw, verse 11, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. Faithful and true. Those, you know, when we come to Christ, we know that he is faithful and true, and we should not leave, lose sight of that. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads a winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. You know, when Christ comes back, there's going to have to be a lot of changes to the minds and to the hearts and to the thinking of people, and it's going to take some time for peace to finally develop because Christ is going to have to first rule with uh, strictness. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. So this angel had a special assignment to say something or to signal something toward these fowls that fly in the midst of heaven. And he said... Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. So they're going to fight against Christ. They're not going to want to really make him welcome. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received, you know, the mark of the beast either in their head or in their, or in their hand and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire uh, burning with brimstone, brimstone and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls will fill with their flesh. So that time is a coming day of wrath. A day of the trumpet and a day of alarm. Zephaniah chapter 1. This day is a day, that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. A day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers. And I will bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. And their blood shall be poured out as dust and their flesh as the dung. So when we consider how evil uh, society and violent that men are in this society, have dev- devastated lives, we can understand why this day of wrath will come. Vengeance is mine, said God. Thus saith the Lord. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. Verse 18. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. For he shall make even a speedy, speedy riddance of them that dwell in the land. Daniel chapter 12 we read verse one At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which stands for the children of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was, since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time your people shall be delivered. That's the good news. Your people shall be delivered, even though that there is going to come a time of trouble. There there will be deliverance. Every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Matthew 24. 22, or 21. For then shall be great tribulation, that's trial such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be, Uh, you know, again. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, that's you, for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And Revelation chapter lost my place here now when these things come about we don't really know the time even though many people have have tried to set time they have tried to set a date and they've uh, made predictions and, you know they they just never have come to pass Uh now we believe that there is a 6,000 year plan that God has made for man to do his own thing and to learn from his mistakes and according to the Jewish calendar of, uh, of reckoning time uh, it is uh, this 2015 is the year 5776 and according to them in 2016 uh, those who you know look at the 19 year time cycle is as significant things in prophecy uh, uh, this present 19 year time cycle will end in 2016 but we don't know there's still, still a mystery so no man knows when that time when those things will be but it is that time when we shall hear the trumpet of God calling us so finally the third meaning The third thing in the meaning of this day of trumpets is about the coming day of joyful noise and jubilee. And it's that time when we shall, we will hear that trumpet sound in our ears. 1 Corinthians 15. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. So we have to change in order to be changed. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren... Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. We have hope. And that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us coming back. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not uh, prevent you know, that is, proceed, uh, rise before them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Of those who have died, we know that they are sound asleep. From the moment they close their eyes in death, they have no consciousness or awareness of time passing. But for them, the moment they died, it will be like a split second that their eyes are opened again when the sound of that trumpet is made. So you know, we know that Jesus compared uh, uh, death to a sleep. Some years ago, I was, uh, uh, had to have surgery. And uh, there was a couple of times where I, I've been knocked out by drugs. Not you know not as a habit or vice or (laughs) something, but for medical reasons, (laughs) Uh, I was knocked out. (laughs) But uh, one was when I had to have some uh, wisdom teeth you know pulled out, and uh, so they they put me under this uh, this uh, uh, IV sedation, and so they sedated me, and uh, after I woke up. I mean, I fell asleep in no time. They asked you know they always ask you to count or something, and so I counted, uh, you know, made back from 100, 100, not. <laughs> it was that quick. Then I woke up. I was being uh, led to a couch to lay down. So everything that transpired between them taking out my wisdom teeth, you know, if it was wisdom teeth, that's probably why I'm not very wise today. So. But they took those out, and uh, I felt good. It's just like, wow, I thought this was going to hurt, and I didn't feel a thing. The next time I I was knocked out by drugs was when I had to have surgery over at St. Francis. And uh, so they prepared me, got me ready. And I laid there in this real cold room for I don't know how long. I guess it's just to make me think about, you know, what I was going to be going through. And And I did, you know. I thought maybe they forgot me. But finally, they wheeled me into the surgery room, and I saw these big, bright lights, you know, above my head, and heard the the, the metal surgery tools clinking in their trays and stuff of that sort. And they were all quiet. And there's a couple. There was only a couple in there. And then, from out of nowhere, you know, the, more came. And before I knew it, somebody had put a mask over my my face and uh, asked me to take uh, three uh, deep breaths and I took the first one and that was it. And I think the surgery must have lasted probably about close to an hour, Carolyn could tell you. But uh, anyway, I woke up. My eyes opened. And I didn't have any awareness of time passing and that's the way it is when people you know uh, uh, are in in death, they're in a sleep. Now the other thing Thing. Let me relate this to you. I was uh, playing racquetball. Actually, I was just hitting the ball by myself, and I slipped on the floor and I hit the wall instead of the ball. And I right here on the side of the head, and I knocked myself out. And there was someone in the other court, my uh, worker, fellow worker. Uh, he said he heard this thump and the racket fall of the, the the wooden floor and. So he went over and checked on me and there I was laying on the floor. And he dragged me over to a stairway. (laughs) He he said, uh, "Ah, you know, I was out of it there. I was knocked out. But in periods of coming back to consciousness, uh, they called for one of the elders to come and anoint me. And uh, so I was, uh, I kept asking, what time is it, what time is it? Not only that, I was singing Elvis Presley songs. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, he told me, well, we all do that, you know. So. But I was knocked out. And so there were lapses in time. I didn't know where I was. But then I woke up in, in, in uh, the doctor's office, Dr. Parrish down there. And I remember opening my eyes. And there was Carolyn. There was my, young, uh, my oldest son. Uh, she was holding him. And it's like, uh, what happened? In the twinkling of an eye, you know, we are changed. We're changed from you know something bad, and then all of a sudden, we're we're changed to something good. So, that's the joy that, uh, that is going to be those that we know that who have who have died. To them, in the twinkling of an eye, they. The next thing they know is they're they're hearing that trumpet sound and they're being raised to meet Jesus Christ. And then we who remain will meet them in the air. called up together, in verse 17, called up together with them in the clouds. But then it talks about great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of this world. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. So... reason I'm pausing is because uh, I think I've got my notes out of order. Let me just read Joel 2, 1. It says, To blow you the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Oh, it is up there. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. And it's been nigh at hand for a long time for many of us, but it's even closer than, than we really think. And someday we'll hear the sound of that trumpet. In Matthew 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you don't know what hour your Lord does come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing. So we can't slack up. We have to have diligence in doing those things that was revealed to us as we read them in the Bible that was given at Mount Sinai. Verily verily I say unto you, that's truly I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, and and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day which he looks not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So we see that the trumpet call is for us to be ready, to have our clothes washed in the cleansing blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The holy days are memorials, they're remembrances of things past and things present and things that are to come. So heeding the day of trumpets will keep us mindful. It will help us to, to be ready So we know that we are blessed in this nation. We don't, you know, when you look around the world today, you see refugees and people uh, trying to get away from war-torn countries, civil war, and strife. Revelation 16, verse 15, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of... uh, Out of heaven. Out of the temple of heaven. From the throne saying, It is done. So there will be a day of noise, there will be a day of trumpets and voices and sounds of loud rejoicing and you can imagine when you think about the resurrection, the trumpet sound that will, that will uh, bring loved ones back to life and those who are in Christ and you can imagine the thrill of your own self of seeing loved ones again alive and well. So this memorial of the day of trumpets is to look back upon our calling and look ahead to this last trumpet. We have to be wise in Matthew 25. uh, This is off to the side here. I didn't put this in my notes uh, to Brian. It says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto... Ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, but they took no oil with them. They had no reserves. They thought they would have enough for some reason. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. In verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. Share, you know, share your oil with us. Our lamps are going out, are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, and not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. So there was no way that it was possible that they could uh, share their oil it wouldn't last among them. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. They were rushing around, you know, trying to make uh, up for their lack of spiritual uh, light, and the time was upon them, and, and so they were trying, trying to get ready at the last minute. Verse 11, Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said verily, I say unto you, I don't know you. I know you not. So it says to us, watch therefore, for ye know not, for ye know neither the day nor the hour, the time wherein the Son of Man comes. So we are to watch and not necessarily be, uh, you know, news hounds trying to dig through every bit of news that, into every world event that we hear about, but to watch ourselves that we not fail of being a faithful and true servant, and drawing near to God in prayer and study and fellowship, and and being a light, and that way we can be ready. But First Corinthians closing scripture here. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this uh, Corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory on that day uh, of noise and, and, and loud rejoicing you kind of have to imagine your, your feet just leaving the ground and you're headed up to meet uh, the uh, saints dead in Christ that are alive in the air You're just leaving the earth up into the clouds. Uh, Maybe it uh, will be kind of a a takeoff that just sort of takes your breath away. Uh, You know, they have those at, uh, maybe some of you may do this at uh, Grandson, I don't know. They have a slingshot there, you know. They stretch you back and they let you go and you go straight up. The only thing I fear is I'd keep on going straight up. and (laughs) Something would break. I, I just, I always... You know, it's always going to happen to me, so I I don't avoid that, don't recommend it either. But there's a time coming when we will scream with joy, holler with joy, make a loud noise when our feet leave the ground in that resurrection, in that last trumpet. Verse 55, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's, you know, that's who we look to. That's, that's who we trust in. That's who we uh, live our life for. Therefore, my beloved brethren, and these are the words. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.